This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the NQ1 podcast. You're your hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Not just himself on the call this week. Uh, he's passed the late fitness test, but Joe joins me on the call this evening. Joe, how you doing? Yeah, I've um, I've recovered from the latest bout of man flu. Um, I'm um, ready to go. Um, I actually, so I actually didn't even make the Stockport game on Saturday. It was my first game I missed since I think late January, early February. So I've probably run of twenty or thirty games. That I and so yeah, I mean, if I'm ill then, you know, you know, it's quite serious if I'm missing a, an MK Dons game. So, uh, yeah, but we're uh, we're back up and running and uh, I'll see you all on Saturday at Sutton. Yeah, well, I mean, I know it's annoying to end the streak, mate, but you didn't exactly miss much to say to MK on Saturday. It was a pretty abysmal performance, which we'll get into shortly. <laughs> yeah, looking back, um, I mean, I think I, the last game I missed, actually, I was gutted because it was Bristol Rovers uh, away. And it was a brilliant, a brilliant two-nil win. Um, so I was gutted to miss that. But yeah, I think I might have got away with one this weekend. Yeah, I think. I mean, let's just get into it because obviously I did the preview um, on more ones last week in terms of looking at Stockport, and I think it was a fairly similar team to how similar style to how we prepared for Notts County. You know, a team that plays with wit, likes to use their fullbacks and midfielders to sort of create space on the pitch, and yeah, just get there. Get the players like Nick Powell, etc., in the box, and just basically go from there. And I'd, so I don't think it was a, in terms of preparation for this game, it shouldn't have been much different to that last County game. And I don't know what it was, but I felt we were very, very suspect to crosses compared to previous games before. I know Set Peters have been a bit iffy this season, and we've been better at them some games and not not good the other times. But I think this one in particular, you know, it's a really dodgy one. And I think their two goals kind of summarise it quite well. You know, they come from either side of the pitch. Um, for obviously, first goals from Norman and O'Hara's side. And, of course, Louis Barry, he's on fire at the moment before the game, scoring four and five. And he made it five and six. A pretty clever finish to beat Macca in goal to make it one nil. And it wasn't the best start to the game at all. But, you know, Don's bounced back well enough. Um, obviously, he got their goal from a set piece themselves. Um, a little short corner to Dawson Devoy, who whipped it into the back post. Tommy Smith had a mismatch and Mo was in the right place as always to get another goal and Marcus uh, Marcus way back to start eleven with a goal. He had another goal actually from across, um, hit the post, which was you know, it's a tough angle to be fair and pretty unlucky not to finish that to get his second. And I mean, not not too long after that, um, it goes 2-1 to Stockport. 
Um, again, another cross where the player's not closed down. A pretty good ball, to be fair. And Nick Powell's just there in between two defenders to nod it past the keeper to make it 2-1 and uh, give the uh, cow shed a bit of a... what it was, a bit of taunting, I suppose. <laughs> did he do that again? He did, yeah. I remember Wigan away, Wigan at home, in the FA Cup replay, and he did that. And I remember it really wound me up for some reason. And he's one of them footballers that I've always hated just for that. And so the fact he's done it again, I mean, this is it's obviously working because I'm annoyed about it, talking about it. But <laughs> yeah, I remember he did that years ago in extra time when he scored for Wigan. So yeah, tosser. And obviously he's part of the team, wasn't he? A lot, that main team lost 4-0 there. So I'm sure that still haunts him to this day. So, uh, you know, he's got to go back somewhere, hasn't he? But um, yeah, so it was 2-1 at the break. Um, I don't think many people were particularly thrilled with the first half performance. Um, you know, we had a decent amount of the ball. I think it was, let me double check. It was, yeah, I mean, actually less of the ball than Stockport. It was 48-52, but we had the better of the chances overall. We just didn't really take them. And obviously, you know, it's was, it was fine margins. Obviously, Mo hits the post of his and, and Nick Powell scores of, of his header. So, you know, you were, I think I wasn't I wasn't completely distraught about the performance in the first half, but I felt we could do more. And then, so going into the second half and... Don't had a lot of the football, but didn't really do a lot of it. You know, 65% possession of the football. I only had the one shot on target in the end. And but I think the most annoying thing for me anyway, and was that this didn't really do anything with the football. Like there were several times where Ethan Robson was just I think he did it twice in like 60 seconds, just passing the ball from like his own half to like literally nobody. Go straight back to a stockport player and to give them a chance to score a goal. And it was constant that the whole game, and there's just long balls going to nobody. Admittedly, he rightly brought on Ellis Harrison um, after the start of the second half for Jonathan Lecco, whether that, whether that was a knock or um, other reasons, we're not too sure about, but he brought him on regardless. And he tried to bring a bit of physicality, but ultimately he can only do so much of what uh, the supplier was given. Um, Jack Payne came on and looked pretty good, actually, um, in that sort of that sort of 66 minute and filled that nice hole, actually, where we were pumping the balls up to Harrison. There was a little spot there for... Uh, someone like Jack to sort of roam around. He had a few chances, to be fair, and was pretty unlucky not to have one of his shots going to the back of the net. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, f- I think a pretty a pretty abysmal performance. Stockport, obviously, you know, we said they're a team that are in a bit bit of a false position in the league, and whilst we weren't terrific on the day, they're certainly better than a team that's sitting, sitting, sitting uh, 17th in the league. So, yeah, that's my summary of the game. A, a pretty abysmal performance overall. Um, and I know a lot of you guys were also, you know, sort of echoed those thoughts. You know, Matt said it was very, very uninspiring. Uh, Johnny said it was deja vu, which is an interesting comment. Um, Will said really quite bleak. And yeah, I completely agree, mate. Um, and there were some other comments we'll get into later, which I'll get Joe's thoughts on. But we'll start with this one, Joe. So Alex Harvey's three-word review of the game was give it time with a question mark. I think based on the start of the season, that's a fair assessment. And Alex Anders actually came out and said that it was mostly his fault that the team was set up at Stockport and how I was going for the Oxford game, how it's called they put on a better performance than that. But I think it's fair to be given time, right? Yeah, completely and utterly, yes. Um, he's had his, you know, the, the team that sort of, that we finished the window with. We've, I think we've had maybe three games since then. And we were a minute away last game. You know, we were one one um, you know chance being converted away from beating the team that looked by far and away the best team in the league in Knox County. Um, you know, we would we nearly did did beat them. Um, 
And, you know, by the looks of it, second half, we we had a lot of the ball, but there was just no sort of cut and thrust. I'm, I'm, again, I wasn't there, so I'm just going off so sort of stats available and highlights, etc. But by the looks of it, you know, they were the ones that were able to create some chances later on in the game. And I think that one thing that would concern me about the start of the season so far is the sort of defensive unit. Now, whether or not that's a tactical thing or personnel, that's, uh, that's this question I'm just not 100% sure on because actually, if you look at the personnel, Dan Harvey, Warren O'Hara and Jack Tucker were all part of a defence that really struggled last season. Um, so maybe you could say it's part of this. Maybe it is partly personnel. Um, but, you know, we've got Anthony Stewart in who... We've not really seen. We've not. We've not seen him start a league game. Uh, we've got Jack Payne in, who off the. He, I think he's come off the bench three times now, and he's looked lively in all those appearances. Obviously, started against Oxford in the. Uh, was it pizza? Pizza now, Papa John's. Yeah, Papa John's. Yeah, yeah. pizza. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lose track every now and then of what what the sponsor <laughs> is. Um, you know, he's he done well in the Papa John's trophy game, and you've got Ellis Harrison. You know, this sort of the headline signing who. Uh, I think, you know, he, he hasn't had a start yet either in the league. So I think, you know, it's it's way too early to sort of give Alexander too much criticism. I mean, you can, of course, say he didn't get things right, but I think any sort of sweeping statements about anyone's job security, I think, are a bit, bit, bit soon. Um, you know, we still find ourselves in a decent position in the league. But I mean, you know, you've seen it before where teams have been in the relegation zone at January and gone on to get the playoffs and stuff. So I'm not really worried about that. What I am worried about, I guess, is we just consistent performances. And I think, you know, we've mentioned before about Robson um, in terms of ball progression. I think maybe that might be an area where we maybe see pain come in. Um, I think he's much more attack. He's much more attacking option. Uh, however. I feel like if we can get the defensive part right, then maybe we can afford to play one more sort of attacking player. Um, and I think, yes, you know, Stuart, obviously he's waiting in the wings as well. So I think, you know, we're not, we're not, it's not, it's almost as if when we win, we're the best team in the league and we're going straight up. And when we've lost, it's sort of, oh my goodness, what on earth is this team? And I have to say, this is part and parcel, I think, of the sort of football that we're playing. Yeah, you know, let's get it real. We've been playing nice football for three, four years, and the amount of times where we've played well and lost, you know, it's it's amazing. But people, people, a, a large majority of people, Don's fans, say, "Oh, I don't give a crap about playing well. I just want results." And unfortunately, you know, with a manager like Graham Alexander, he's a manager that's got results. However, when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it really can. You know, when things do go wrong and you've not got the sort of the the pretty style of play, so to speak, you know, that that that's the opposite side. But I don't think with a manager like Mark Jackson or Liam Manning, you would have got a result like Colchester. You know, I think a result like Colchester comes with, you know, the, the principles that Graham Alexander's put in. But on the same time, you've got to take the rough with the smooth. And I think sometimes it can be, you know, it doesn't, it's, you know, if you look at you look at managers that um, got promoted last season with their teams. You know, Steve Evans. My word, Steve Evans plays some awful football. But when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, my word, I bet it's bad. So I think he's getting a lot of. Um, he's had a lot of heat. Um, he's not had enough time. Nowhere near enough. What is it? Eight games in the league now. Yes, yeah, I'm that, Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and as I said, the the actual time in which he's had. 
Um, his the whole squad complete has been two or three games, um, and of which you know these players aren't weren't even regularly playing at their clubs. So they're probably still at seventy or eighty percent. So yeah, um, I think again, like with anything, there's been good signs and there's been signs where that need to be improved and sorted. Um, I mean, on Saturday especially, Liam, I guess a question I had was maybe. Was do you think that it, things were by it was maybe personnel which were potentially letting us down, and so maybe you'd think that with a few additions to the starting eleven, we'd we'd maybe be a bit better, or do you think maybe there's certain things that Alexander himself needs to answer for and needs to tweak? Um, it's an interesting one. I I think I alluded to what I said a couple of weeks ago, and the fact that I I do agree with with George who mentioned about the fallback, and I think it's the system. I do, I do like the three at the back. Um, but I, I just think some of the players at the moment aren't just playing to levels that can do that efficiently. Um, you know, I, I know, I think Warren O'Hara since he started the season, about sticking out a player too much for a, for you know, pretty much a captain on the pitch. He's he's not been he's not been very good in terms of the levels that we are used to expecting from him. And I'm not calling for him to be dropped, but I'm sort of saying, in terms of he wants to be that really that massive vocal point. Of that and of the system, really, especially if Cameron Norburn's going to be so advanced as well and getting all the assists, and he needs to be quite stable. And the fact that he's not really, and I think Louis Barry exposed him quite nicely on on Saturday. So I think he needs to step up a bit. I think yeah, you mentioned about Ethan Robson ball progression. I know Sam mentioned about how he didn't want to see Robson anymore, and I do like Ethan, but he does have his limitations for sure. And you know, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing a four-one-two-one-two diamond at some point this season just to see how it works. Because, I mean, I don't want to repeat points I've already made in the podcast, but I do generally think it should bring out the the, the best of this squad. You know, you could put Payne in the ten where he's you know, traditionally played his whole career, and I've seen Sess at this level. You could have a combination of Harrison, Isa, or Isa and Leko, or Leko and um, whoever. It doesn't really matter. Like you, you could probably utilise those three players in those two positions, one way or the other, through multiple games throughout the season. I think Robson and Gilby can actually operate their roles properly in terms of getting that width and much of what Crosdale and Zverevich did for uh, Stockport on Saturday in terms of allowing their wing-backs to actually get up the field and put balls into the box and be a bit more attacking. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a system. I mean, this, this squad of players should Whilst we said Stockport, um, both our, I think our preseason predictions are going to be up there this season. I do generally think it's the system this early on. And Alexander did, admitted in his press conference that he set the team up wrong um, this, well, on Saturday. But I wouldn't mind seeing a change of system. I don't know if it's worth it doing it this Saturday because the opponents are playing in Sutton, but maybe in the near future. Yeah, I think one thing that's quite you know you've touched on there about talking about the striking options as well I think is there's a, there's options now and there, there is a lot of options so um you know I think as well that that in a way does provide a sort of problem as well in terms of you know that I think there's going to be little tinkerings and there's going to be little changes until we come across the formula which does work best because as we said we've pointed out to a few different players like you mentioned Warren O'Hora there um I mentioned about Ethan Robson earlier um, you know, these are all players where actually you've got you've got alternatives now. And so I think we're going to start to see now they're getting up to speed. We're going to start to see him start to maybe play around with some of those uh, alternatives and some of those uh, late additions in the window. 
Yeah, absolutely. And he did mention any names his press conference or certain game, but he mentioned one or two individuals who aren't particularly buying into the whole performances on the pitch and you today in time sort of mantra. So obviously no one knows who that is, but it'd be interesting to see um, you know, who who those players are and how the players react to that sort of comments made out to the public because Alexander isn't shy of uh, outing some of his players for sure and I think that's a positive thing overall. Yeah, well, I think it well, I think it's the culture shock because it's you know, as I said, the last few years we've we've had this sort of, you know, a bit of a if you want um, inverted commas, you know, a nicey nice culture, we're gonna play nice football, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. But I think, you know, at times we've missed having some home truths be told. And at the end of the day, we're not in this division to play around. You know, okay, we want to play attacking football. We want to score goals. But at the end of the day, we want to get promoted. And I don't really, I think a lot of us are kind of of the opinion that I don't really care who does it. And I think Alexander, he's not afraid to put a few noses out of joint, which which is a quality, which I don't think we've really had in the manager for maybe since Russ, to be quite honest. You know, Russ was ruthless with players. You know, people like, um, you know, we, we saw people that were sort of just, almost forgotten about and we never really saw again um you know and and i think if you're not buying in i think yeah he's absolutely within his rights to to um to, to make some changes and to to put his money where his mouth is yeah and without drowning on about to be negatives from the stockport game I, I reckon we should just focus on certain now and get on to that so we'll take a, a very short little break and then we'll let myself and joe which have about Sutton and heading down to london I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, Liam, the time has come. We're finally there. And by which, of course, I mean we have a London away game, which isn't Charlton, and it isn't on a Tuesday night. How excited are you, my friend? <laughs> Thank God. I mean, every time we saw Charlton on the calendar, we thought, you know, it's going to be a Tuesday, 7.45 every single year, and it took getting down to the depths of League 2 to not have that. It's normally October or November. It's freezing cold. <laughs> well, what a joke. Yes, so a trip to South London, um, a chance to sample the delights of the capital and hopefully come away with three points. And, I mean, you'd be forgiven for thinking that, you know, actually it's three points we should be getting. Um, Sutton United, managed by Matt Gray, who got them up uh, sensationally, really, a couple of years ago. They had their, I think they've had two seasons in League Two now, where last season they finished in 14th place. Very respectable for a club of, you know, with all due respect, their size and budget. And I don't mean to be patronising with that at all. Um but I think it's fair to say that at the start of this year, after the first game of the season, um, uh, well, Sutton sat pretty at the top of the league, uh, having beaten uh, what I think me and Liam have pretty much agreed is the best team in the league in Notts County. Uh, they beat Notts County 5-1. 
I mean, uh, admittedly, there was some extenuating circumstances, uh, one of which being their goalkeeper being sent off after, in the first 10 minutes. However, you know, Sutton took the game to Notts County and they were ruthless, really. And so I think everyone was like, oh, here we go. Sutton United are here. They're, you know, they're going to be one to watch for the um, for the rest of the season. And since then, they've played seven games. They've lost seven games. Um, they've scored six goals. And, um, and in that time, they've conceded 19 in seven games. So that's nearly three goals per game. So, yeah, I think it's fair to say that the mood very quickly changed at Sutton United. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, you, you did look at their team and on that day where they beat Notts County and you, they do have some threats, the like, likes of Amari Patrick, who actually, I think he got promoted with um, with Sutton United last season, uh, with uh, Carlisle United, beg your pardon, last season. Uh, they've got Harry Smith. Uh, he's six foot six or something, striker. Uh, they got Omar Swumney um, of, I think he was, was he Bromley, Liam? I think he came from the National League. We he were did, yeah, him, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It was Bromley. Yeah. So, you know, they, they brought in quite a few good players. And Aidan O'Brien, formerly of um, Shrewsbury and Sunderland, got Cashkit, formerly of QPR, Lee Angle. So they, they do have, you know, some decent players littered throughout the team, but... I think it's fair to say, you know, that the recent results have not been, you know, they lost 4-1 four, four to, to Accrington, 5-3 uh, to Swindon. They lost 1-0 to Forest Green um, and they lost 3-1 to Newport County as well. So, yeah, it's really not been a happy time for Sutton United thus far. And I think it's um, a good opportunity, not given, but it's a good opportunity for us to sort of arrest the slide that we've maybe had in, in in the last game and maybe you know parts of the crew game as well. So, um, Liam, I mean, have you got anything to add on that? And any any reasons why maybe we should? Well, do you agree that we should be beat, winning on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, any any regular listeners of the pod will know that I think Sutton are absolute shit. Um, I've had them down to get relegated since pre-season, and fully enough, they're bottom of the league after eight games. Um, and yeah, you mentioned you know that they've lost seven of the eight games. I think some of them are a bit a bit harsh, but I think what what the, those games do show is that they're very very leaky at the back, considering their sort of you'd like to think robust four four two system. Um, but it's just your classic like old sort of English football league team in the fact that it's four four two. It's a big man at the top they want the ball to. They'll try and bully the back three. Place out wide. Yeah, literally pace out wide, try and get it into the box the whole time, just use their aerial jewels, which is their own real strength in the whole team. Um, so how do you counteract that? Well, probably the counterattack, to be honest. And this is probably why we might not see too much of Ellis Harris in this game, uh, at least from the start anyway. I'm, I'm expecting uh, to be Leco and Mo again up top and maybe even Jack Payne or someone like someone, someone with a bit of pace in the middle as well, just to try and try and counterattack them because I think they're going to try and pump it up to the likes of Smith that Joe mentioned. And ultimately, uh, the way we're going to win this game is just trying to find those little pockets of space where we can just counterattack straight away and literally just get Leco one-on-one with their defenders. Because I think as we've seen this season, once Leco's one-on-one with most defenders in the league, like, no one's really either A, catching up to him or B, beating him one-on-one. So I think it's starting fast. I think it's not letting them dominate the game early. And ultimately, once we've got that one or two goal lead, hopefully, just not bottling it, really. 
I mean, I think as well, I, I completely forgot about talking about this when, you know, when asked about should we, you know, should Alexander have more time? Arguably our most impressive sign of the window, MJ Williams. He's been out for the last sort of six games yeah. in the league. And I think it's been very evident. And, you know, centre mid is a position which we've mentioned. And, you know, if you play MJ Williams, you possibly do have space for that extra midfielder who can be a bit more attacking. And um, I think, did MJ Williams, he played against Oxford, did he? Did he played? I think it was I think him and Trip alternatives. So it was like I think it was I think it was MJ first half, Trip second, I believe. Yeah. So you know you'd maybe like to think that that's just you know get a bit of minutes in him. Um, but the character he is, I think if he if he's even half fit, he'll be raring to play. And um, you know I think maybe we mentioned about Jack Payne as well. Maybe it could be a thing where Jack Payne's maybe more in that number ten role, and so there is a bit more of a link between the midfield and attack, which at times this season we've maybe seen. Um, we've not seen as much. Um, so I think that actually, you know, the options available to Graham Alexander are, are quite, it's it's good because it, we've finally, we've had a little bit of, a, not an injury crisis as such, but we've had four, three or four key players sort of be half fit or not in the team at all. And um, I think that this is a good opportunity to really just get everyone's confidence back, get, get everyone to buy back in. Um I mean, it's not going to be pretty if we don't win, I don't, I don't think. But I think it's a good opportunity all round. And I think it's a good opportunity to just just get the confidence, just get back into the swing of things, really. Because I think we've had a couple of... I mean, I thought the Notts County performance was pretty decent, to be quite honest. Mm. But obviously, when it's not a win, you know, it maybe it, it doesn't help overall morale as such. But I, I was, you know, I was quite pleased with the Notts County performance. But I think it's a chance to really make a statement, get a couple of goals back in... You know, maybe like the likes of Leco, who's been you know a little bit quiet since the crew game. So um, yeah, all round, I think it's a good opportunity. But again, it's not a given. No, no. I mean, as Alexander says, every single press conference, nothing is a given in this league. Um, but yeah, you'd like to think that you know this before this game here is perfect opportunity to bounce back, as you said, Joe. And I think it's a pretty simple formula how to win it. I don't think certainly going to pull up too many trees in terms of how they're going to play in this game. They're going to be pretty evident what their game plan is. So. For the Dons, it's about being as adaptive as possible to how the game goes and ultimately just get going from the off, really. Um, try and flood that midfield, try and get counter-attacks going. Use it when you have to, but ultimately try and keep it in the middle and just keep it simple. I, I don't think we need to be really extravagant to win this football game. I think we just need to do the, print, the basics really well. And uh, hopefully the Dons travelling Don's traveling faithful will get uh, three points back on track, as you mentioned. Okay, I think that's it for this week. Obviously, a bit of a short episode this week just because, um, well, obviously, Joe was uh, unfortunately not on the stands and things like that, so it's only my thoughts on the game. But hopefully next week we'll both be raring to go for a little certain review and uh, looking ahead to Harrogate at home. And, I mean, it can't get much worse than last week, Joe. Getting booed off at Family Fun Day is not exactly what you want to be doing in front of your home yeah. fans. But I'm hoping this week, this weekend will be a lot better than that. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's a good, it's a nice little run of games we've got now. We've seen off, we've you know, we've seen off quite a few of the teams which sit near near the top of the league. So, a good chance to just get some momentum going again and uh, get a run, little run going. Absolutely, and hopefully see plenty of you in Sutton. Um, you know, I said as Joe said, London away day. It's very rare that it happens on a Saturday at three pm. So make the most of it. Uh, we sure will be. And uh, until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.